Oeherema Yorana. You're listening to Tereva Neyao, the only podcast currently documenting the voices and lives of Tahitian American families and couples, the long distance, the love stories, our lives between Tahiti and the United States of America. We present to you Tereva Neyao. Hey, kura ora koto ite mahanga. Welcome back to Tereva Neyao. I had a really long and insightful interview with my good friend Tiron Temanaha, affectionately known throughout Oahu and Tahiti as Boy. And we just talked about everything from identity, culture, to um, how strong Tahitian women can be and what it's like for him to raise his daughters on Oahu. But our conversation took another direction in which we talked a lot about culture. And so I just wanted to preface that as you find yourself in this episode talking a lot more about culture than some of the other episodes have focused on identity. And so I really hope y'all enjoy this interview. I condensed it down as much as I could so it could fit under the um, minimum for each episode or maximum, I should say, maximum for each episode. Anyway, I hope y'all enjoy and let us know what you think in the comments. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is Tyrone Temanaha. I'm half Tahitian, Chinese, and French. I was born here in Oahu, Honolulu. As a little kid, I was raised in Tahiti. Then I was brought back to USA for school, which opportunities were way better. I still had troubles because I didn't know how to speak English. I was considered a fob, as a lot of people would know what that means, straight off the plane or whatever. My mother and father, both are Tahitian, Tahitian Chinese, uh, Tahitian uh, French and Chinese. That's my mother is Tahitian Chinese, my dad is Tahitian French Chinese, English, both sides as well. They met each other at a gas station. My mother was working at the gas station. So my mom knows a little bit of some cars and you know oil and all that stuff. and changing tires and you know she was like a tomboy both are um, very connected into the Tahitian culture my dad was into the church more so my mom is more savage if you all know my mom i guess that's the yin to the yang you know my dad's super conservative and quiet and you know nice guy my mom is the opposite fire in that blood you know what i mean she's I don't know man Tahitian women be a different story man i'm just gotta say that right now uh, for all those uh, that married to a Tahitian woman. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know that for sure. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right now, all the Tahitian women's going to be like, uh-uh, not this buster trying to reveal us. No, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I have uh, one brother and three sisters. I'm not from the same papa. I was the last child. So I'm, I'm the last child. I'm the biggest child. I'm the smartest child. <laughs> and we moved to hawaii moved to hawaii i was born here you know again i was born here brought back home was raised in tahiti as a little kid came back to school and they stayed with my, my mother and father uh deep 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 uh story about this one is um my mother and father ran away from tahiti and uh, just because it's personal i'm not gonna go into that part but what the reasons was is they were trying to find a new life. So when they found a new life, 
opportunity, um, they took it. My dad and my grandpa, actually my grandpa um, was a, uh, what would you call it? He, he was a big time guy. Um, my dad's dad was a big time guy. Uh, he was hired from the United States to, um, I want to say a foreman, to build buildings. So they hired a Tahitian, uh, you know, English Tahitian guy to come to Huntington Beach, build buildings. So my my dad and Uncle Charlie um, were, how would you say, that's how they got their entry to the USA and they became citizens because my, my grandpa had to be, you know, sweared in to live there for like 10 years and stuff like that. So my dad and Uncle Charlie, you know, they lived out in, um, well, they lived in Hawaii for a while, and then they went to Huntington, uh, followed their, their dad. Yeah, my my dad and my uncle had a pretty hardcore life as a young, young, you know, Tahitian kids growing up here in the USA as well. They came really early, and they left them at, at a really early age, like 12 to like 16 or something like that. And then they found out their own ways to survive uh, they just paid for the rent uh for where they were living so they just kind of just let them learn how to be an adult real quick my grandfather was a you know citizen and whatnot an american citizen afterwards and then uh, my dad them of course carried that and that's how he met my mom and they made that met my mom and they both decided to move to hawaii because sometimes they weren't accepted for what status that my mom had because she had kids um before my dad so you know station well not these days but the old church days you know you if you know those it's kind of shameful kind of like um i wouldn't say shameful but yeah some people look down upon you when you're like that when you're an experienced woman and you have this nice uh christian guy you know that's never had kids or anything but he loved my mom and he gave her an opportunity and told her that we can change our lives. Uh, not knowing that they went through a hard life. My mom and dad went through a hard life. Still to this day, they still hustle hard. My mom and dad um, moved to Hawaii with nothing. No, no car, not even a place to live. I wasn't born yet, but they brought my oldest sister when she was old enough to come to um, with my mom and dad without having to have to sign papers. But the other kids were stuck. So my mom had a heavy heart with that for years and still deals, still deals with that now. I have two siblings out there in Tahiti still, a brother, Yankee Tutti, and my, my sister, uh, Cheyenne Tutti. Those are my brothers and sisters. I try to see them and try to talk to them as much as I can. But, it's, you know, as you know, in Tahiti, it's hard to either have a phone, internet, sometimes even a place to stay. Every year, it's a quest for me every time I go back home or whatever. It will be a quest for me this time. I'm going to try to go home in July, see my brother and sisters. Hopefully I get to find them. You know, I got to like use the coconut wireless and go into town and talk to everybody. Hey, you know my brother? Oh, hey, you know my sister? Can you give me the address? Or you got a number by any chance? Yeah, so-and-so. Moving again. Sorry, I know I'm jumping all over the place. But this is, this is how I can tell you the story of, you know, from the beginning of my, my parents to me. Yeah, we moved to Hawaii. My sister was here first. She went to schooling. She went to um, Alawai and Kaimaki, uh, Washington and Kaimaki High School. So did all of us. My dad went to the same thing too. He went to Alawai Elementary, 
Washington Intermediate and Kabuki High School. In between time, he went to Heineken High School. He went, he spent high, some of his high school time there too, uh, intermediate high school time there too. When my mom and dad moved here with my sister, I was conceived here in Honolulu. At this time, um, we didn't have a place to live. Mom and dad had um, invested and they got us off a, a family wagon, a little, you know, like a Toyota wagon hatchback or whatever. It's kind of extended in the back where the, the two backs can float forward, uh, fold down. Basically, that was our home. You know, we were homeless. We were homeless for a long time. And I'm not ashamed of that. You know, like, um, I'm actually grateful for all of that because it builds who we are today. In that sense of mind, right? That's just that street mentality, learning what, what the streets can do to you. I mean, it's not that bad here in Hawaii in the streets then, then now. But I did went to a really ugly path because of that. But, but again, you know, my parents tried their hardest. You know, they had to do whatever they had to do. My parents were really, or my mom, my mom had no type of English. She was straight Tahitian. So learning, learning English was very hard for my mom. She learned through English when I went to school. So she had to understand what I had to go through in school too. You know, I had to learn myself. Shit, I was in ESL for 12 years. You know what I mean? All the way to 12th grade. Yeah, it was tough. You know, they, they basically grind you and try to teach you how to speak English, which I still have a hard time. Sounds like I don't, but I still have a hard time. My grammar sucks. You know, we tried our best. You know, my mom and dad tried their best. And and we thrived from, from living in a car to... Now I got my own place, you know, my mom, they got a, you know, everything is, has worked out. It took time to work it out, but everything has worked out. And I'm just grateful for those, those actual moments because we know what bottom can do to you. Not, and I'm, I'm so grateful that I, it was an opposite way around where, where you are given everything and then you lose everything. You know, I applaud my mom and dad for sticking it out and, and, and roughing it out. You know, my, my dad danced at hula hut not hawaiian hut hula hut and my dad played at hawaiian hut my dad is not a dancer but he did whatever he could because that was his culture background and he could play tahitian music he just faked the funk by drumming and stuff and playing with all these other guys like papa edwin and that's how the tahitian community started actually in hawaii so it's kind of started it's through like kind of like the circle of my parents and a few of other tahitians that kind of met just like how you guys are doing here on the media we made a uh, gathering of Tahitians and we, we, we kind of just put out a beacon to all the Tahitians to meet at a park. And if you guys want to play music, jam music and Tahitian songs and blah, 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 and crack open the bottles of beers or whatever, uh, typical Tahitians just, you know, chilling. Or you know what? The groups started from there back in the day. And then Tavana came around and everybody jumped on Tavana stage. And that's how it kind of, you know, everybody started making money and whatever. And but my dad, he was focused on his family. He did whatever he could. He worked at Jack in the Box at night uh, after playing at, uh, dancing at Hula Hut or whatever, wherever he could do. My mom couldn't do anything yet because she couldn't speak English. Later on in time, my dad picked up a uh, cutting business where he cuts clothes and my mom followed after and then we continued on life from there basically you know that they're still going on doing the same business I jumped on a big gap I'm, I'm not going to go into that big gap where I'm at 
Um, it was just, like I said, it wasn't pretty. It was ugly. It was about the streets. It was about the boys, if you know what I mean. You know, I had to be put down for a little bit to understand what freedom was. My mom and dad, I wouldn't say put culture in front of me, but they showed me culture in front of me. And when that happened, it changed my life. All the bad shit I was doing before kind of went out the door because I saw a better purpose, a better visual, something that I could do, something that I can, I, you know, I can finally be used somewhat of talent that I thought I had uh, or I have or whatever to get my mind right and not do the stupid shit I was doing before. So I'm, I'm grateful for a lot of things for my parents for, you know, sh- paving the way and showing me the way. Some people, parents, they show them the way to college and, and school and, and whatnot. You know, not everybody's the same, but I'm glad that my mom and dad kept on showing me and not forcing me like, hey, you know, this is, here's this, this is, it's always here. And I know I came in too late, even though I was there a very early age. It should have been when I was born. When you have moderate things that everybody has like new clothes and, you know, got a Game Boy or, uh, you know, just, just something at that time of age, you know, like in comic books and cards and shit, you know, like I, I didn't have any of that. I kick rocks and <laughs> kick rocks and had gun sticks and, uh, uh, you know, stick swords and shit. And I'm just grateful that, that, that I got this, that we got culture and, and I could, I could fall upon culture and just grateful for that. You know, like I, I from then to now, I have nothing but great opportunities, great accomplishments you know um and great responsibility now a form of the community i guess i would say i could help out doing some good with it and not the bad stuff that i regret doing as a kid you get you walked us through a large large part of your story which is the main meat of the story which is your parents story your story how y'all got from um Tahiti to Hawaii. What district are you guys from? I, I think you always tell me you're from Pa'ea, right? Yeah, but from Pa'ea, um, Papehueling, all, all from Tahiti, all from Tahiti. My mom and my dad's side. My grandma is from Pa'ea. My other grandma, my mom's mom is from Pa'ea. My dad's mom is from Punavia. So yeah, basically, and that's the two big districts that we are uh, I believe, well, I, I I could be wrong. My grandma could be living out on Mahina or something like that when she started off. I'm not sure. But, but yeah, our family home is still in Paia and, and Punavia. You know, he, here's the other part that's kind of missing from your story, but I was hoping you'd kind of let us in on it. Um, you mentioned about how the Tahitians and Hawaii built the community mm-hmm. out of just their simple and common love for music and dance and you know, drinking or <laughs> eating no, no. or all that stuff, which is very much similar to how it is today. And, you know, what, at what point did Te Vaiura Nui, wh- at what point was it created? Was it created in the 70s? I'm not too sure exactly because I'm, always, I'm still too young. Um, I think it was created in the, maybe the late 70s or early 80s. I was, <laughs> it's funny because um, I was in, what would you call those, car seats. In car seats and at the Hyatt Hotel, and I was just shoved into like a sound booth behind my mom and dad. Them, you know, they're like, if they're drumming here, I was right behind them in a car seat for like, you know, however years until I grew out of that car seat. <laughs> yeah, man, I I've, I was there from day one, and it always been something that was in the back of my head the whole time. You know, um, like again, like. 
they showed me the way, but by not showing me the way, you know, they've been introducing this to me my whole life until one day it just clicked. And I was like, Hey, this is something that's, I know, you know, I, I know what this is kind of thing. And then the beginning, I hated it, man. I hated being at every show. I hated it being at every event and not being a child and whatnot. I ended up dancing. I ended up drumming. You know, I mean, I, I started off uh, drumming on the Ihara. And the community basically started finding each other because of like, oh, we got a show at the Hyatt Hotel. We got to get these other Tahitians to come, you know. So we had like, uh, Uncle Metu, Edwin, Uncle Mike, my mom, my dad, Chester. If anybody knows who Chester is, he is one of the meanest Father Day players back in the day. Uh, Emil Ichner, um, Mafala, he was a Samoan. Um, I mean, there's so many other people that, that came through Tivai. Um, I'm not sure exactly when it started, but... Um, I can tell you that we were there for at least 11 years, you know, it, it, it wasn't even about the pay anymore because our cast would be like 20 freaking dancers and like 11 drummers. So you think anybody's getting paid? Hell no. You know, like if they, they got paid, they were like $5 a person, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but it's because it was the love and I guess that's something that they missed back home was this, this is the way that they could do it. And, and I know it for a lot of like, uh, and this, this is not just for Tahitians, right? Like let's say like people like with, with strong background cultures, right? Like they still practice their culture and when they do, it's like their home again. Right. So like, I know you, you, you always, you guys, you practice, uh, you know, Kelm and all that stuff with, uh, you know, Buddhism, um, that, that, that being said that if you're living away from home, when you do these little pieces, it makes you, makes you at ease that you're, you get to remember home just for a little bit. And, you know, you kind of reconnect yourself. Like that's me right there. That's, that's us. Um, that felt great. Let's continue this. And that's how kind of like kept on going, you know, like it, everybody just kept on coming in and coming in new Tahitians and didn't the word. And then there was a club after and kind of like people getting together. And then before you know it, then all bunch of groups started popping up and the Tahitian community starts, starts to thrive and trying to figure out, Oh, we can do work here. We can have business here. And people love Tahitian dancing and, and stuff like that. And, and, and it kind of grew. I wouldn't say it just grew from us. Again, there was a lot of bunch of pods of Tahitians that were just sprouting all over the place and all the talents that they bring from home to Hawaii, why not, right? Like, and not knowing how to speak English, you know, it's, it's kind of hard. So this is something that was easy for them to go into and, and just go and shoot it out. I saw that. I saw that um, there was a video floating around out there of you playing music or drumming. And there was a lot of people, even from Tahiti, but also Tahitians in Hawaii that were all related. I think it was the Bambridge family reunion. My wife and kids are related to that, that family through their Anania side, right? So it's all those people who's like, they're not directly, I mean, they're Paomotu, but it's like their great grandparents, right? It's like right. far, far back, right? Right. Well, that's pretty amazing. I can imagine when you're talking about this, then it becomes this other factor. It's not just the people that arrived, but also they're having children, right? Yeah. And it's children like you, 
um, you're a bit older than me, so you know this is even back then that this was happening, and that all these kids that have grown up in Hawaii, but they're Tahitian or they're Maui. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really amazing. It's 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 really uh, it will hurt people's feelings for anything, you know, uh, because they love the culture so much. But again, they have to understand and remember, and you know, you know, all y'all, my friends and whatnot. But like at the end of the day. If you don't take the responsibilities, right, of what, and I'm not saying that every Tahitian is perfect. I'm not saying that every Tahitian knows what they're doing or whatnot, but every Tahitian has that blood to take the responsibility. I sit on this. I sit on this really heavy because when you're not Tahitian, okay, Regardless of how many years you do all this and that and this and you're awarded as this big person and whatnot, I don't give a rat. And it, it might hurt some people and and please understand it. I'm not doing this to call you out. I'm not doing this to to put blame on anybody. But just so you can hear, you know, if you're over here non-blood, non-Tahitian, and you know, you you're an achiever and whatnot, and you have this big da 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 but then you're over here teaching something that is not appropriate as what it should be. And then at the end of the day, do you take that responsibility? It's a deeper fact that when I say it like this, do you take this responsibility? Yeah, you could say, yes, I do, 100%. No, you don't, because it goes on to our family and that goes deep. Some of us, it's shame. When I make a mistake, I take the responsibility all the way to my family name. And to get that, and it's hard to understand. Some people will never understand what I'm saying. This, this type of responsibility, you don't get no paper. You don't get no receipt. You don't get no graduation paper saying that you have the rights to go and teach, that you have the rights to do whatever it seems you think you can do to change because when you have that responsibilities and those people that hold responsibilities they try to not change the culture not these days it's it's all moving all over the place and i understand that but then when you have somebody that's not and over here teaching all over and i see some people on facebook instagram and i don't want to mention no names or whatnot but when you see them dance or like trying to promote oh i want to do this you just pay for this and blah 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 the responsibilities that once you teach somebody wrong, once you do something wrong to it, it's hard for you to, because you could just, just, okay, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to get out of this, this, this world because, um, you know, I fucked up and, or, you know, I messed up and I'm going to disappear. And then for, you know, what, who's holding on to that, that floating responsibility anymore. So then what happens was another person will Im mirror image it and say, oh, yo, that, that was pretty cool. It's not pretty cool. It's not, it's not about that. It's not about a fashion or pretty cool. It's, it's deeper than that. You know, it's, it's way deeper than that. Just like anybody else's culture that you, you defend your culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like for any kind of shine, for any kind of jewelry, for any kind of fame, whatever it is. For me, it's deeper than that. You know, y'all know that I mess around a lot. I make a lot of jokes and I love to have fun. But when it comes down to this, I don't. I really don't play around, and and I won't make you. I won't make it a a media thing to get to you. You know, if I know you're 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 making a muck of things, I will get you. I will come to you and talk to you. And a lot of people know that. 
sometimes a lot of people think I'm a dickhead, but sure enough, I will be a dickhead for my culture all the way to the end. You know, um, if I have to be, if you don't want to listen, then, then you will know who boy is. I just don't take that, you know, like I see so much beauty and power and message to Tahitian, just like any other cultures too. Hawaii, Samoa, Tonga, if you want to go to the Asian side, you know, like there's a lot of them that has great messages and great mess, um, power in, in dance and music and folk, all that stuff, you know. I don't want to go there and change their stuff. I don't want to go adding steps to something that's been tradition for, you know, who knows how many years, anybody in their culture, you know what I'm saying? When that changes, then you change history forever. Sometimes it gets lost. For me, when I look at that, and again, man, this goes all the way to my home, you know what I mean? Like, and people gonna get mad, but there's schools at home are giving out receipts and, 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 um, plaque saying that you are a master teacher now I think that's wrong and you can y'all can hate me for that I'm sorry that's just wrong you're selling out you know you're just selling out I'm not trying to point out facts it's not that I'm not trying I'm, I'm, not, I'm not facts I'm not trying to point out people and dancers and whatnot it starts from our home I know that you're you had to give your disclaimer because you're just that way I mean you're you're total like community builder and share, you know, very loving and sharing when it comes to your culture. So I know that you had to give all those disclaimers over and over and I get it, but I just want to point out too, that if folks are listening to this and getting upset, it's like, this is, this is our space to talk about it. Right. Literally the podcast is for it. Ta- it's, it's for Asian American families. This is, this is how, if y'all are listening and he, and you're wondering, you know, what's this about, about the continuous apologizing. But my thing is like, if you really want to know how Asian people are feeling, this is how Asian people feel. It's not all, it's not all like, not everybody has the same opinion, you know? Right, right. I have to say though, too, that you stick pretty true to your word because even before I was at Vedia and, and even before I went to live over there and do the different types of learning that I did, you, you were still saying this to me even back then as a kid. I was pretty young. So I, I really appreciate that about you. You do like you, when you said you sit on it, you're firm with your belief in this. Oh, I totally could attest to that for you and say, yeah, he is because you've been saying that to me for years. Um, and not, not saying it in a way that you're scolding me, but you're just like sharing with me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not scolding anybody, you know, no, like no, no, it, yeah. it's just a message. Like totally. just, just cause some people just never thought about it that way. Right. Some people never even like, even like, wow, like I didn't think about it that way or whatever. Right. I mean, I, I have no means to pick a fight with anybody. My I army, mean, you don't want to start shit with me, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but, um, I'm just saying, you know, just, just, you know, sometimes it gets out of hand. And when you don't have the responsibility to fix that, what's getting out of hand, then what happens, you know? Or like, or your teacher or your kumu or your ratira, whatever you want to call them or whatever, that's behind you. You shame that person, you know? And that person carries your shame. That person carries the responsibility then goes to their family. And you know, Tahiti is freaking small. You know what I mean? And when it goes down, it goes down and everybody knows it. Oh, this family effed up. They let the outsiders and that's what it's called, you know? That's what it's called. You let the outsiders do what they want. 
you know, everybody's going to learn. I even learned when I was at a young age too. You know, when I was at a young age, I was all about, you know, all that stuff. But it kind of all changed after a while, just kind of looking into who I was and turning into as a monster, egotistic monster, trying to be the best, trying to be this, that, that, you know. I'm glad that I got to snap out of it because that would have been really shitty if I turned out to be this ugly dude that just wants, 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 wants and be famous or whatever. I mean, you can't, I mean, okay, people are getting famous, but I'm just saying, I'm not looking at it to be famous. You know, I'm just, this is, this is something that's fun. This is something that. Are. Yeah, it's who you yeah. are. It's part of your identity. That's what yeah. makes the difference, the difference between you and, and folks that you're saying have become famous for it. You know, this yeah. is, that's a choice that they're making. And other, yeah. other people on the show have said the same thing that, if they feel like tomorrow that they don't want to be part of it anymore, they can, they can walk away from it. There's no strings attached. There's no, um, you know, there's no repercussions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ask this on the show every time because I, I, I do think that, and I do get those messages always on the side once they've seen the kind of things that Varea has said or that I've shared um, because I, I also had to, you know, now it's this other thing, right? Other than my teachers, I don't want to shame my in-laws too, right? Yeah. I don't want to put out too much or put or not do anything at all either because then, 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 then there's this notion that I'm not involved or I'm not interested or don't care about it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case either. So there's like a fine line of walking that balance of doing enough where I'm, I don't know, being involved just, just enough but not at that point where it's too much, overstepping yeah. my boundaries, overstepping their boundaries the respect mm -hmm. factor and yeah now now it's like it's kind of ironic right now that i've married in i'm actually involved less than i was before yeah yeah, yeah. because i've stepped back and looked at myself and everyone around me and said okay they could do what they want but they don't those people over there that's great and they're good at what they do yeah, they yeah, yeah. have tahitian in-laws that are looking at what they're saying and doing under a microscope right whether right. it's good or bad right right so now i'm like it's not like a fear thing but it's, it's more respect thing you know sure yeah sure yeah. it's like um it's like look before you step yeah you know? totally you know totally and you know like i said like um like you know like people are are doing what they're doing now and that's not something i'm going to shame on them you know like and it's just it's a learning experience for sure you know and some people don't know like again like i said like how how i feel and I keep that kind of shelter to myself, you know, like I just observe and just look and like, geez, you know, sometimes I want to say something. Sometimes I'm like, uh, majority of time I, I will say something, majority of time. Just, just it takes so much for me to go and say something, you know, even to my, my closest of friends and just for them to understand how I feel. They, they, I mean, it's not saying I, I want them to stop. I just want them to think about it. You know, it's, it's, it's right. better than nothing. You know, it's just... Just think about it and and just see, like how you say, there's that fine line or you're walking this straight line or whatnot. Stay on it. Stay on that. You know, like, and you're doing great. Some people are doing great and positive things for the community that's non-Tahitian. And I applaud that, you know, and, and keep on doing it. Even if it has to be charged, you can't change what's going on now. You know what I mean? Like, what's something that you can remember from that is to respect you can't change a lot of things. I can't change your mind on teaching. I can't teach it, change your mind on making money off of culture and whatnot because it's being made out of everywhere. Um, 
from every culture, it doesn't matter. So that's why I don't go on like Facebook saying, hey, you guys, or you guys are making money off of my culture, why not? Which, you know, sometimes I want to say that. But at the same time, you know, if you are doing it, I hope you do it great. I hope you walk that line. I hope you hold up the respect and the responsibilities that you can do as much as you can do. But sometimes people want to make a name for themselves. So the only way you can make a name for yourself is to stand out. So before you even act like that, make sure that you, what you're doing to stand out is something that you can back yourself up with, with culture, you know? And when I say stand out, I mean, like, you know what I mean? You know, doing some crazy shit where like, what was that? And then before you know it, you make this paveway for other outsiders to think it's okay to dance like that or sing like that or drum like that. So that's why I'm always going to come back to that responsibility. And there's a lot of good leaders out there who carries responsibilities. You know, you got to understand where your cocoa is at, where your blood is at. At the end of the day, it's still going to be blamed on somebody else because you don't carry that hard responsibility. Yep. And, and I've seen the Tahitian world, community dance, folks, drumming, all that stuff change in my lifetime from growing up to then to now shoot i can get into a big freaking dispute right now about drumming about one beat about one beat and i don't care what anybody says no tell us please enlighten us i i think it's this is the space to do it you know yeah i i just think that and and it kind of disappeared from the map a little bit but you know again you have a, a source of people Mm-hmm. that is going to be feeding out information. Why all of a sudden things are different from 20 years ago to now? Right. This is something that I, I don't understand. How come Bora Bora doesn't sound like it was then to now? Who has the rights to change this beat? Not change. This beat has always been around. Just never called Bora Bora. Now other people will disagree with me, and a lot of people will. But I have a lot of OGs. A lot of old-time friends from here all the way to Tahiti will battle this as well with me. I don't understand that. I, well, I mean, I don't understand the fact that, that people can just change a beat and say, oh, this is Bora Bora now. Say, no, no, no. That is called Otomu, what you play. And a lot of drummers know this beat, but yet foolish to play Bora Bora because they see it on Facebook or media or like Tahiti is doing. So whatever Tahiti is doing, everybody's copying. Pato de Mon, when they're going, Foro Maipei, Bora Bora, and they're going, That's not. This is called Otomo. Slow it down. It's called Otomo. That's Otomo. Bora Bora, it sounds exactly how you guys all know us. It could be four, it could be three. Whatever, you know? So so it's kind of weird to me that, like, oh, some kind of syndicate, Tahitian syndicate mafias can just go ahead and change the beat. Then I heard it was about uh, a fight of uh, family names that chose to have, I guess, I'm not 100% sure about that, but I've heard that at the conservatoire. So, you know, for me, when I when I think about like this, it's like, Jeez, I'm always going to say it starts from home, you know, like once home starts to change, then everybody's going to follow. You know, we are the beacon of knowledge 
And if they think this is the right way to do it, then they're going to follow it, you know? Or if they have okay with non-responsible people to do something, yep. they're going to follow it because either they have a high name mm -hmm. and their name is, is, is something that everybody looks up to. Nobody said nothing to them. Right. So we'll just follow them and, and, and use their choreography or, or their special move that they do or let's do a polity standing on one hand kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? It's yes. just, it's, yes. you, know, you know what I mean? Oh, it's okay. We'll just do that. In those visions, I, that's how I look at it when it comes down to those um, things that I disagree with and whatnot. Again, my background is, is drumming. When I hear how you talk about that, it, it's, it's, you know, it's funny because the real knowledge will come to you in, um, from different sources, right? So someone completely separate than someone that I met somewhere else had said to me that one time, right? They said, if you want to really honor Tahitian people or Tahitian dance, then do it the right way. Meaning do it how people, you know, do it how we Tahitians do it. That's what they said to me. They said, we don't care about your, <laughs> how many trophies you got at all these solo competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you have. And they don't, we don't, they said to me, we don't even care how much you know or not know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Do, it, do it like how we are doing it. Right. And then I think that that was good for me to hear because that, that made me also realize, and I stopped doing solo competitions, right? I used to do them too. I used to be part of them and I stopped doing them and people asked me why. And I'd give like kind of excuses, but I also knew not to force what I was taught on other people. Cause that's not, that's for someone Tahitian to tell somebody yeah. who's outside, not for another outsider to push that too. So I, I didn't push it on anybody, but I just kept it for myself. Like, you know what, Tahitian people, when I come to Tahiti, they don't, they don't care what, you know, competition I took overall at or got second, third place. They don't care about that. Mm. You know, um, it's not, it has nothing to do with the, the culture, you know, and also what I know is just like, even if you know everything, if you're not living the culture every day or you're not connected in through one of the families, then it has no place in Maohi society. Mm. But then that also makes me think about what you're saying, because when you're talking about it starts at home in Tahiti, I mean, my wife has also argued that as well. She said, you can't really blame all these people outside Tahiti for if they're doing it wrong. It's because maybe somebody from over there that was doing something, you know, someone in Tahiti was doing something new or for a certain purpose. And then it got interpreted that, it's okay. The outsiders, people in, in France, United States, Mexico, Japan can also do that. So if that boy was doing a one hand poti, like you said, with his hand in the air, it probably had to do with whatever the story was talking about or for whatever like special purpose. Mm -hmm. But he, he, he wasn't necessarily doing it because that's what you're is traditional right or yeah 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 is right right then we over here in the united states see that guy doing it, we're saying well he did it he's in tahiti he did it at the heva so we're gonna exploit it like tenfold yes yes yeah. yes and so that's also the other thing is so i'm i'm realizing it's not always malicious but it's also like a misinterpretation you know sure sure that that's definitely a, a big part right there you know right but then there is those and and there is those that <laughs> yeah another shit. time Right and, and elevated ten times more because they—that's just—they don't give a rats. And there is those guys out there, you know. That's they're right. like, oh, I don't give a rats. I'm gonna make this flashy and it's gonna be mean. Right. You know? I get it. I get it. Make a show then. 
You know, go make a show. Well, it's a difficult conversation to, to upkeep, but I think that the main thing that what we're both saying here, especially what you're saying is as long as respect is shown and also what you're saying is like you're not saying that people can't do things. I don't hear that you're gatekeeping. I'm hearing you say be conscious though, right? Yeah, be yeah, conscious yeah. that this is, it does affect the families. It does affect people back in Tahiti. Yeah. And it puts something on their either name or their um you know, on their family's name. Like Verea says that when she helps certain groups, she'll kind of, you know, people might, might label like she's being mean. Mm-hmm. But it's true. If, if she had asked her family for some story from, say, Rurutu, and then shared it with a, a group, and then they're doing it, she has said that before as a disclaimer. Yeah. If you guys mess this up, it makes my family look bad. It makes it look like my family taught it wrong because I taught it wrong. Or whatever, you know. Definitely, because that see, you see what what that is right there. Yeah, is the responsibility. I keep on coming back to that, but it's true because for her or or I or whoever is 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 holding that Google is is that once they let it go out of their hands, once it's out of their hands, it's almost like impossible to to protect themselves after that. So that's why they before they let it go that they're very ma to to give you the trust to hold on to my responsibilities. So that's why that's why like when I was saying earlier that like people won't understand what I'm saying. Even for her to to say it out out loud, yeah, to say that it's so tough for me to let go of this because holy crap, if it doesn't go well, then it reflects on me, then it reflects on my family, then it becomes shame and whatnot. You know, us Polynesians, we're very prideful in our culture and, and not just Polynesians, let me just stop saying just us, but just, just because the topic is us, we're pretty prideful at the things that we do. Like, you know, like um, a lot of us give a lot of heart, you know, when we drum or play music or dance or teach, there's a lot of heart. It doesn't even have to have any money involved. When it becomes a business, it's a business. I get it. When you go with heart, all the things that you do that was fancy, it's a little much. But when you do it with heart, all the things that you do that's just natural, it, it you can see a story without saying one word. You know what I mean? So like all the stuff that we that we hold in those responsibilities, it wasn't just to put pieces together. It's basically giving you a piece of my heart, my passion, hold on to and and perpetuate you know what i mean so when it's a show you know it, it's a performance you know um it's a performance people pay for a performance and whatnot and so you just try to to give them all the flashy things that you get and i get that when it's a culture event it's different you know like i feel um we need to start teaching more of of our heart connecting with the music and dance and language and whatnot because when you do that all of it's passion none of it's fake a lot of people think, um, just like how you were saying earlier, sorry, I'm jumping again. Like how you're saying, like how you no longer compete anymore and stuff like that. Obviously, I haven't competed in over 10 years or more, maybe. I'm not sure. Um, I've helped play with other people just because it just it's fun. Mentality was, it was different. Practice hard to go to war. Which, when I look back at it, yeah, from then, the 2000s, whatever, I look back at it, I was like, I mean, I did have fun. I still had that fun in me, but a lot of people didn't know how competitive I was. You know, like I, I, 
I was spinning the same game that I was telling people, but at the same time, I was still competitive, very competitive, where I train hard, train, 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 train. My mind mentality went different. It went to a different place, went to a different place. And I ended up, we ended up trying to, not trying to, but we ended up playing with more heart than I've ever played with in the other competitions. So it was a different feel. I've never felt that before, you know? So ever since then, I taught the people, you know, that's that sit beside me now a different way. Of course, the knowledge of drumming is the same, but the mind mentality is different. You know, like I'm, I'm trying to teach them to be like less competitive and show more heart. When you can do that, man, you can see through the story. Like I, I feel that, you know, like I feel that it's not so um, robotic, you know, like, like you're just going through the motions and making it sound good. It's not. It's the, the laughter. It's the fun. It's the, you know, reliving through another spirit in a sense, you know, when you're playing. Basically no longer in the same body, you know what I mean? Like you share the same source of energy. Sounds pretty hippie to me, but yeah. Um, no, it's not. I feel. It's not hippie at all. I think that's really important to say out loud. I mean, making it more about making sure that there's intention and there's heart behind it. I am totally on the same page as that completely. I mean, I still will, will still get involved with. Um, oh, yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Same, same for you. I mean, we were just together in March yeah. doing this. But at the same time, what you're saying is the same page I'm on. And I know my wife is on, too, which is not to make it all about that. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't make it all about that, about competing, about showing people up, about doing the flashy stuff and all that. Completely agree. And that's why I was telling you before this call was we wanted to spend the whole year. Um, we had made a commitment in for, for March to to do that one competition because you know the group leader is one of our best friends. But other than that, all the other projects we've been doing has been related to or focusing on our Tatian American families and couples. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, I've yeah. been seeing all your podcasts and pop ups and stuff like that. Um, yeah, even us too, even us too. That competition that we went to was two things. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, Merced Fet was great. I loved it. And then this was the first competition for me going in since the 2000s. Um, it was basically supposed to be just a trip. You know, we're just going to go and have a fun time. Uh, we've never left the island for so long. And we figured that, you know, let's go and put our talent somewhere. But it only started from a dedication. So, like, I did not, I did not or had the intention to go and compete for competing. I actually wanted to do something for somebody very special. So, and it's not just one person. It was, you know, um, for everybody. Um, it's just, you know, it's a dedication to all that we wanted to do and represent music and, and life. So uh, for those that are listening to this part, um, as you know, in all Polynesian races or not even just Polynesian, I mean, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, communication through food was something that's memorable. So, um, and it's always has been, it always has been just like an orator or something like that, or something that can exchange or even war, you know, before war or whatever it is in some races, some cultures and whatnot, um, you can sit down and eat and converse. Well, this particular 
uh, motion that we did in, in our, our drumming category was um, that we make food to remember all the good times. So when we make food, we get to converse with those that never conversed in a long time. Or say like brother and sister break ice because um, we're helping prepare food together. So this is something that we can talk among. So in this case, it would be when we make food, we talk about the good old days with the ones that, that left behind us and all that stuff. And then we celebrate their life by playing music, you know? And that's why we had all like the musical stuff and uh, all the, you know, extra things. That was just in a nutshell because 10 minutes ain't long enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wish it could be longer and, and make it whatever much more presentable. So we try to like, you know, smash the banana and try to cook it in the, the imu and the himaa. And, um, you know, just try to make our own little story for them to understand. But from the beginning of the Oreto to the end, that dedication was is to uh, a lot of people that, that went through a tough time or even lost a loved one. So we represent them for the day. And hopefully that they came through us on that day and played and danced and even sat down and ate with us, you know, like, because that, that's what it was all about. You know, when we make the food, that's something that we all can relate. We all can relate on like when there's a death, the family members get together, we all make food, we all talk stories, we reminisce, or family gatherings with food, or just food alone, you know? Like uh, even food was also demonstrated as, as something to break ice that no two languages knew, but they could sit down and eat and somehow figure out how to converse in a way the idea was that, you know, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautiful. We watched it and we, well, Vera asked me cause she loved it. And she asked me at the end, she's like, you know, you know, you understand. And I said, yeah, I said, te no te ahima ama ohi. I knew already because of smoke and everything too. I yeah. loved it. Absolutely loved it. Glad I took the time to sit down and watch it as well. Cause I had just run off stage too. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, right. We were right after you guys, right? Yeah, yes, yes. But it meant a lot for her to see that too because um, she also felt, I think she felt proud. I hope she doesn't mind I'm sharing this, but I think she also felt proud that there was only like, you know, in the same categories that we were in, it was all, it was all family, right? So you have her on, you have her helping out one group, but then you have you and Ty and the other group and you guys are her relatives and she yeah, knows that yeah. and actually all through the same families, yeah. all the same Tuomotu uh, families and lineage as well. So that was really um, heartwarming. And also it was good. It was nice to spend time with you guys because that's, that's how it should be. Right. Right. Was, right. I wish we had a little bit more time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it shouldn't be her feeling isolated from other people, but to connect also with other other Tatians that are there. That's something yeah. that I was happy about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Us too. Us too. I, I do have I do love getting into uh uh conversations with your wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, we set it off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the more I realize it too, like they're they're not totally the same, but I, I realized the more of that I was like, I know why they get along so well is because your mom is pretty similar to her. <laughs> so your mom is not afraid to say what she's Oh, saying. yeah. They're pretty yeah. blonde. Yeah. They're pretty blonde. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Sure. Yeah, man. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the trip, man. I really enjoyed the trip. And um, and I'm just, just happy, man. I'm just, just stoked. I mean, but 
even being at the competition to seeing everybody I haven't seen in shoot, who knows? You know, I haven't been in the mainland in over like how, how long has it been? But it was so great to see everybody. And there's a way, you know, there's a way that we can do it like that all the time, you know, and jump with love and, and jump with heart and show your masterpiece through that, you know, like. I think music is beautiful, you know. I think it's all beautiful. It doesn't have to be all hate. It doesn't have to be about about gunning down the next group or or losing. It doesn't have to be about winning. It is a competition. By the same time, if you can go and compete in a competition without worrying about winning or losing, you're the winner. I mean, you're the winner. You're the winner ultimately because you haven't lost anything. There's no gain, no loss. You know what I mean? You're just showing what you've been practicing all this time and feeding this music to everybody to eat, you know? Yeah, Just- I, I, I'd say too, you, you know, hearing that from a Ma'ohi person is really valuable, right? Have you share that mentality with other people because it leads us back into this kind of center of, it should be about, you know, Uncle Anthony said it in his interview, should, it should be about joy, Yeah. You know? And that's what I was saying too about, um, like my wife, she was more than anything, she was overjoyed. Like, oh yes, it's other, it's like my family in the other group. You know what I mean? So their group and that group, it's, it's, we represented, you know, that's how she felt. She was like, our people will put it down and, and in in a good way though, right? I'm not talking about showing everybody what's up by saying you guys are better, but showing everybody what's up by you telling us that mentality, like. Yeah. People need to hear it and stop making it a rivalry. Stop making it a war against each other, you know? Yeah, it's, it's that, that's tough, yeah? Like, like everybody has it, and even I do. You know, I, that's hard, and that's something that I have to work on. You know, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't say that, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know I, I, I do have some problems, and I do, but that's something I need to work on. And, um, if, and I, I'd be trying, you know, I'd be trying to. I'd be trying to be different about it, but... um. Uh, at the same time, you know, I got to really look at that at that same way. You know, I try to just try to make men's with myself. You know, like sometimes myself is telling me that kind of things where I need to practice more of the that mentality of thinking otherwise, you know. And it's tough because, you know, when you're hurt, you're hurt. You know, it's hard to take back from hurt. Um, and it's hard to forgive from hurt, you know. And I get it. I get it. So sometimes I just try to take it day by day, or or just be cool about it. And and it is. Most don't don't think it. Everybody don't think it. I have like a big ass vendetta on somebody. But I'm just saying, you know, it's hard to swallow when you're hurt. You know, when it's family like that, it's it hurts. And even though you're not blood, it hurts. You know, it still hurts. And yeah, it's tough. But you know, I would love to say. Like, you know, if anybody has any personal vendettas against each other and you think that that throwing it down on the stage is something, then you're not proportionate it right. I mean, you're, you're, just, you're, just, you're, just, you're just making it okay for your team to follow you in the hate. So your team is a mirror image of you. Because if you're a Latino, you're the leader. Everybody's going to follow them. Everybody's going to think it's okay. Same thing, you know. Or if they're gonna think that, oh, whenever I go competition, yeah, this fucker's gonna get it. But when that light switches on, it should be different. Right. You know? Yep. Thanks for leading people out of the dangerous waters. That's really important. 
That is really important. And I'm really glad you said that here. So just to wrap us up, you know, how are you and um, your wife, you know, how are y'all passing this all down to your kids? Are they, are they drumming? Are they dancing? What are they up to? Well, um, growing up as a kid, right? My mom then put me at every show, every dance, every drumming. Oh, go over there and dance in front of those people and put on your paleo and go and dance or whatever. Um, I hated it, man. I hated it. So I'm trying to do a different way, technique or whatever, to let them be involved with everything but not put anything on them. Um, hopefully, hopefully, um, one of them would love to dance and drum or whatever, you know, like time will tell. And if I get them involved more, maybe they might, you know, but at the same time, I don't want to be that person to tell them, but I will teach them our culture. And that's, that's hands down. My oldest is actually putting a putty on, start to dance with her mom every time. And my youngest is still being a baby. You know what I'm saying? She's. So running around and making trouble to everyone. Right now she's terrorizing my living room. Okay, this is this is a dream of all daddies, right? Like I would love my two daughters, three daughters, sorry, to come join me on the toilet line one day. That's something I would love to see. Like, you know, I think if big you know, I'm I don't wanna go telling everybody I'm a teacher, but if this is one goal of being a teacher that I could surpass or or you know, challenge myself to is to teach my kids to drum with me. And that's the ultimate dream, hands down. And thanks for sharing that with us. I hope they do end up with you on the line. That'd be awesome. Would be. Uh, yeah. Boy, it's been a it's been a pretty long interview. But thank you so much again for for agreeing to be a guest on Terevaneyao and I really appreciate you. Yeah man. All good. All good. Guarantee I'm gonna ruffle some feathers on this one, but Oh, it's a